A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company, other homebound edition today. Glad to be with you on the uh, program. We're going to be talking about constitutional carry today, specifically constitutional carry and the prospects of a passage in the state of Alabama, where earlier this year, we had a lawmaker, Representative Shane Stringer, who's a uh, at the time was a, a captain in the Mobile County Sheriff's Office, introduced constitutional carry legislation. He ended up getting fired from his job within the Mobile County Sheriff's Department by Sheriff uh, Sam Cochran of Mobile County, Alabama. He said, look, I appointed uh, a, a Stringer to a, a political position. I can remove him because we have this disagreement, see, uh, over permitless carry. He says, by the way, don't call it constitutional carry. Don't, don't do that. Well, as AL.com uh, pointed out, there's been this uh, back and forth between the representative and the sheriff, uh, both in the media and at a uh, recent county commission meeting, where the sheriff is asking the Mobile County Board of Commissioners to approve a resolution objecting to the idea of constitutional carry. Representative Shane Stringer urging the commissioners to support constitutional carry. And the sheriff's anti-to-a lobbying has spilled out onto social media now. Uh, as AL.com reported uh, on a Tuesday, an attempt to call out a state representative over legislation that would allow permit-free concealed gun carry might have backfired for the Mobile County Sheriff's Office. Yeah, so Sheriff Sam Cochran trying to uh, you know rally opponents of constitutional carry uh, to talk to the county commissioners, and he apparently decided to do it with this post. Team Sheriff, welcome to the wild, wild west. Hashtag pew pew. Hashtag everybody got a gun. Hashtag no matter what you've done. Hashtag back to blue. Call the sponsor of this bill, Representative Shane Stringer, 334. Right, and there's the uh, the rest of the number there. Uh, with a picture of MacGruber. <laughs> I can't believe the sheriff actually went with the wild, wild west. Uh, you know, again, we have 21 states now around the country that have adopted permitless carry. Not one of them has gone back and said, oh, this was a horrible mistake. We should we should stop this. We should now go back to shall issue. Or, or we should go back to may issue. Or we should go back to not letting anybody carry a gun at all. None of that's happened. None of it. In every single state that has adopted constitutional carry, it remains the law of the land. In fact, we just had a story yesterday about in uh, Dallas, Texas. Over the past three months, since constitutional carry has taken effect, robberies are down by more than 30%. Homicides are down by something like 12%. Now, I'm not saying it's because of constitutional carry. I'm just saying that removing the mandate for legal gun owners to get a government-issued permission slip to exercise the right to bear arms does not impact violent crime the way people like Sheriff Sam Cochran think it will. It doesn't turn states into the wild, wild west because most of us aren't interested in acting like Billy the Kid, right? I mean, we might harbor some, you know, deep-seated desire to be Doc Holliday on occasion. But, uh, I mean, I'm your Huckleberry. Anyway, anyway, I, I get distracted. The vast majority of us are never going to commit a violent crime, regardless of what the law is, because that's not who we are. It's not in our makeup. Meanwhile, the vast majority of people who 
will commit violent crimes. Those individuals who are engaged in the, you know, the drug trade, who are uh, 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 domestic violent uh, uh, abusers, things of that nature, are not going to be dissuaded or prevented from carrying out one of their crimes because the law says you're not allowed to carry a gun unless you have a license. Again, that's like saying we can prevent mass shootings by just making every place a gun-free zone because why on earth would a madman or a mass murderer dare to violate a policy that says you can't bring your gun in here? It makes no sense. It makes no sense. You want to focus on violent crime or you want to reduce violent crime, you focus on the violent offenders. You want to reduce legal gun ownership, you make it harder for people to exercise their constitutional rights. Uh, by the way, in um, <laughs> so they post this Facebook post, right? The MacGruber post. Wild, wild west. And then they start getting some comments. Apparently the sheriff's office didn't like. So then we see this. Uh, we welcome all comments, but we're really only interested in those who live in our state and city of Mobile. So uh, if you do not live here, hashtag your voice don't count. However, if you choose to live here and you care about your community, then your voice counts. That's not how it's not it's not how it works. They don't get the first amendment anymore than they get the second amendment. Uh, now I don't know where these commenters were, were commenting from, but here's just a a little courtesy of AL.com. Respecting the Second Amendment is the Wild West. Okay, comrade. Thanks for the reminder. We've been in touch with Representative Stringer and we thank him for his efforts on this bill. He's working to protect the rights of Americans as well as the funding for the sheriff's office. Hashtag Team Sheriff thought that they were clever with this post. Hashtag backfired like a 79 Buick. <laughs> uh, I predict that this post might suddenly disappear out of embarrassment. I know I'd delete it if I posted this BS, but hey, that's just me. Somehow I like to hold on to my own dignity and integrity. Maybe those attributes mixed with honesty and facts mean something to me. Hmm, that's going to leave a mark. Now, look, here's the thing. The sheriffs in Alabama get money from these concealed carry permits. And I, I don't think that it is unreasonable for Sheriff Cochran to say, look, right now we're getting about $1.2 million a year in concealed carry licensing fees. We're going to we use that money, right? We're, we're, we're buying vests. We're buying computer equipment. We're putting that money to use. And if we lose that money, it's going to impact our department. I get that argument. I actually understand that argument. I don't believe, however, that gun owners should be singled out with, in essence, a special tax on their Second Amendment rights in order to fund some of these programs for the Sheriff's Department. Public safety is a matter of public concern. And if the Sheriff's Office needs more funding, that's a matter for the Mobile County Commissioners. Uh, and as one of the commenters actually alluded to, uh, Representative Shane Stringer is actually working on a bill, along with other Republicans in the state, to ensure that counties would not lose money, or at least not lose as much money, uh, uh, by getting rid of these fees, uh, that they would you know, be able to supplement their, their budget through the state. I think that's a good thing. Um, but again, the argument, well, we're going to lose money if we let people carry a firearm without uh, you know, issuing a, a license, that's not a winning argument to me. I, I, I get the concern over the budgetary issues, but the budget of the Sheriff's Department is not more important than the civil rights of Alabama residents. And those civil rights are going to be enhanced by the removal, again, of this requirement that individuals obtain a government-issued permission slip before they can lawfully exercise their right to bear arms. If you can legally keep a gun without a license, as you can in Alabama, you should be able to legally bear it as well. 
So we'll keep our eyes on this debate because I got to tell you, it is, I mean, it's getting hot. And the legislative session has not even started yet. But if you are an Alabama gun owner and you are hoping for constitutional carry, you need to be active. You need to be engaged. You need to be speaking out because uh, Sheriff Cochran, he is certainly going to be lobbying as much opposition among law enforcement as he can to this proposal. There are going to be a lot of county sheriffs who who say, no, constitutional carry is actually what we want, what we need. We're concerned, too, about losing money, but we respect the rights of the people. It's going to be a divisive fight, but it's not going to be. Look, I, I know it's Alabama. You think, well, it's a deep red state. you got a Republican-dominated legislature. This thing is not guaranteed. The, the constitutional carry is not guaranteed a passage in Alabama or Florida or Ohio or any of the other states where I think it is likely We'll see constitutional carry become law in the next 12 months, but it's not going to happen again without the hard work and engagement of gun owners in these states. All right, let's turn our attention now to today's Armed citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report. We'll start there from uh, California. Here you go. Juveniles can avoid jail for robbery, burglary, and even arson. Under new policies by Los Angeles County District Attorney George Gascon, the first-year DA, who, by the way, is not a first-year DA. He was former, he used to be the DA in San Francisco. Now he's the DA in Los Angeles. Uh, says that the program will help, quote, repair the immense harm that criminal behavior inflicts on our community. H- how does ensuring that juvenile offenders don't go to jail for their crimes repair the harm that criminal behavior inflicts on a community. Uh, I, I, let, let, let's dig into this a little bit deeper, shall we? It's called the Restorative Enhanced Diversion for Youth Program. Uh, and it was outlined in an internal memo from the uh, DA's Chief Deputy District Attorney Sharon Wu to a juvenile division prosecutors. It was obtained by the Southern California News Group. Uh, and basically... Juveniles can avoid prosecution entirely. It's not even that they're avoiding jail time. They can avoid prosecution for things like robbery, burglary, arson, sexual battery, assault without the use of a firearm. Uh, Gascon said this program is going to help repair the immense harm that criminal behavior inflicts on our community by giving crime victims the opportunity to actively participate in the restorative justice process. Yeah. Juveniles charged with homicide, rape, and forcible sexual assaults would be excluded from the diversion program. Uh, there will be about five to seven slots for youth per month in this diversion program. Victims will have to agree before a youth can participate. And Jessica Ellis, executive director of the uh, Centelia Youth Services, says the program does not guarantee that charges will automatically be dropped against juveniles, saying, quote, charges are only eliminated if the young person participates in restorative justice diversion and intervention services to the point that there's been meaningful accountability, rehabilitation, and drastic reduction of further public safety threat. If there continues to be a threat or lack of accountability, charges can still be filed and the court process can continue as usual. You know, I, I, I re- reflexively, the idea of this, you know, restorative justice nonsense, like in our schools, it's it's crap. It's crap. The idea that victims, that crime victims should be able to say, all right, you know what? I don't want, I, I don't think this kid needs to go to, 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 you know, juvie hall. Don't want to see this, you know, 12 year old saddle with a criminal record for breaking into my shed. I, I, I'm, I, I'm not opposed in theory to the idea of letting crime victims have a choice in how they want to see 
uh, 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 the justice system play out. I'm not opposed to that idea in theory. The problem is that I don't think George Gascon and these other progressive DAs want to make this an option. I think it starts out as an option. I think it becomes mandatory. And again, we are seeing right now a, a, you know, not just violent crime rising around the country, but we're seeing a really sharp increase in juvenile crime. And part of it is because the juvenile justice system is already about rehabilitation and not incarceration, right? We're, we're, we want to reach these kids and help them turn their lives around so they don't end up as career criminals. And I do think that's really important. I think we're doing a crap job of it. Um, but I think this is actually going to take us in the worst direction. We're, we're going to get further away from the things that we need to be doing to actually ensure accountability. And uh, again, it's coming to Los Angeles like soon. And I think the effects, the negative effects, are likely to be felt right away. Today's Armed Citizen story, here you go, speaking of juvenile crime, from the uh, Twin Cities area, three teens charged in St. Louis Park, Adena carjackings. In both incidents, defendants allegedly used threats and violence to attempt the theft of victims' vehicles, leading to the severe injury of uh, several individuals. This happened earlier this month, uh, back on December 9th. Prosecutors say that uh, these uh, uh, teens, uh, three of them, um, targeted victims at two grocery stores in the uh, Minneapolis suburbs of St. Louis Park and uh, Adena, Michigan. In both incidents, the uh, uh, district attorney's office says that the defendants attempted to gain access to the victims' cars through threats and use of force. Um, in one case, though, a Good Samaritan stepped in. Authorities say that both the Good Samaritan and the original male victim were injured during the confrontation. The male victim was being injured by a uh, was injured by a, a teenager who was wielding a drill that one defendant pretended was a gun. Um, in one case, though, an armed citizen was able to at least stop this attack. Authorities say that. Uh, when one of the defendants uh, gained temporary control of a vehicle, tried to flee, they ended up driving over the leg of a good Samaritan, clipping him in the head with an open car door. The female owner of that vehicle was dragged across a parking lot. She was stuck in her own seatbelt. But prosecutors say that uh, ultimately the theft of that car and perhaps even more severe injuries or death to that woman was prevented. When a, quote, stranger with a permit to carry brandished a firearm at the defendants who left the vehicle and fled the scene. So, again, here we have a defensive gun use. The vast majority, like the vast majority of defensive gun uses around the country, the trigger wasn't pulled. That, the, 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 I mean, that, that, that's a, a, a brief mention. This defensive gun use is a brief mention in a much broader story about three teenagers being arrested for very violent crimes. It's not that the headline was armed citizen prevents carjacking, right? I'm actually somewhat surprised that that detail was even included in the story, although I guess it came out in the uh, uh, prosecution's initial court filings. But if not for that, we might never have known that a woman's life was perhaps saved. And certainly a carjacking was prevented by the presence of, of someone who was lawfully exercising their Second Amendment rights, acting in defense of another. And again, the trigger wasn't pulled, 
Nobody was shot. Nobody was killed. But things could have turned out very differently were it not for the presence of that armed citizen who was willing and ready to act. Speaking of being in the right place at the right time and willing and able to do the right thing, let's get to today's good deed of the day from Circleville, Ohio. This is a uh, frame from an officer's body cam. You can see the uh, smoke filling up this apartment in Circleville, Ohio. It was about 9.15 Sunday night. A woman called 911 reporting that her stove was on fire. Officer Jacob Johansson was the first officer to arrive at the scene. Uh, according to the reports, uh, Officer Johansson was advised of the situation from the woman. He then r- ran to his cruiser, grabbed a fire extinguisher that he carries in the trunk. Uh, and uh, when he got inside the apartment, he found the stove to be actively on fire. He was able to put out the blaze before the uh, fire department arrived. There was some minor smoke damage and a uh, kitchen appliance uh, that was lost. But considering this was, you know, inside a multi-unit apartment building, uh, things could have been much, much worse were it not for the quick thinking and fast actions of uh, the officer there in Circleville, Ohio, Officer uh, Johansson, Jacob Johansson. Wasn't there a comic named uh, Jake Johansson? I don't think it's the same guy. I don't think so. Anyway, no laughing matter here in Circleville, Ohio, but we are glad that Officer Johansson uh, was in the right place at the right time and willing and able to do the right thing. We thank him for his very good deed. Now, that is going to do it for this edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. I want to thank you for being a part of the program, as always. Don't forget to check out BearingArms.com throughout the day for even more Second Amendment news and information. And if you like what you see, we encourage you to become a VIP subscriber. That'll unlock exclusive content that you won't find anywhere else. But it's also a great way to show your support for the work we're doing here at BearingArms.com and at Town Hall Media, the independent journalism that you really don't find, unfortunately, in the mainstream media, uh, where you get a lot of anti-gun viewpoints and a lot of uh, narrative building as opposed to news and facts and, uh, you know, things that actually matter. And uh, again, if you uh, do like what you see here at Bearing Arms, we do encourage you to become a VIP subscriber. You can use the promo code GUNRIGHTS to get 25% off of your VIP membership. And we do thank you for your support. We'll be back here tomorrow with even more of the latest Second Amendment news and information. But until we talk again, be well, be safe, and be free.